Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. Be warned, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Bayana. And I'm Robin. We're really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the book. Today we are discussing Chapter 5 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, Weasley's Wizard Weezes. Um, first we have announcements and reminders. We want this podcast to be interactive and want to know your thoughts, so please feel free to tweet along with us. You can use the hashtag WizardTeam on Twitter to follow and tweet along. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be Black at Hogwarts? Do you want to write about it? We're working on a project called Hogwarts BSU, a collection of stories, fan art, etc., illustrating what it would be like to be a Black Hogwarts student. If you'd like to submit, check out blackgirlscreate.org for the guidelines. Love our blog, love Wizard Team, have a few extra galleons lying around. Um, please consider becoming a Patronus. We uh, are video recording the Wizard Team episodes now and Patroni have access to those videos. So you should go to Patreon and you should uh, help help some sisters out. And <laughs> yeah, you can also do one-off donations if you want to on, pay- on PayPal. You can, there's like a donate link on blackgirlscreate.org and you can like click and you can find the link to our PayPal um, if you want to just do like a one-off donation because um, those are cool too. Yeah, shout out to the donation I got to buy Serafina Pickery's wand. That was really cool. Thank you, Sophie. Um, I decided to do a, if you haven't listened, we just got, we just posted a bonus episode about Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them and no fault of Serafina but they did her dirty, so I'm trying to decide if I'm going to actually get the wand I so desperately, 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 desperately want, or if I'm going to make a stand and not get the wand. I really want that wand. Ugh, capitalism. It's funny because she did a poll on Twitter. Like, should I get it? I did put a poll on Twitter. Or I feel like a bad, I'm sorry, I feel like a bad person. And I was like, I already told you to spend the money on, that's what the money's for. <laughs> Go ahead. But I feel like a bad person because I feel like I'm not telling, I'm telling Warner Brothers it's fine. It's fine what you did. No, I think it's just what happens when you're a Potterhead. I know. Is that you complain and then I really like your hoodie. Sorry. It's Totoro. No one, no one can see it, but it has ears and it's lit. It's Totoro. You can (laughs) I want one. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. That's Um, awesome. Sorry. Sorry. I know. I put it up because (laughs) I'm cold. Yeah, <laughs> but it does um, have ears. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of that's what happens when you're a Potterhead. You have issues, you complain, and then they still find a way to get your money. <laughs> oh, that wand is um, so so sweet. Um, it's really pretty. Yeah. So if you also want to support us but don't have the funds to do so, or even if you do. Rate and review us on iTunes, on Google Play, on whatever platform that you um, listen to Wizard Team. Tell your friends about Wizard Team. Um, you know, when people are talking about their favorite podcast, give us a shout out. Uh, th- this way we're able to get more listeners, have more people join the team. And maybe, who knows, maybe the person that you told about Wizard Team ends up becoming a Patreon and then we're able to go to Dublin because that is our big that's our big fundraising push right now. <laughs> Sorry, that's gonna be a big push. You're gonna hear a lot about that soon. We're about to have like a we got we got some planning to do, but that's just so y'all know Just so y'all know where our head is. We're trying to be in Dublin. LeakyCon twenty seventeen is in, is in Dublin. The thing that we're that we need to do. We do not have the funds for that. Mm-hmm. 
And so we're going to be working on how to get there. Work. Yes. Um, anyway, subscribe to our newsletter. Most weeks we share nerd news and links to what's been going on in the nerd universe genre yeah um if you want to be in the know be sure to subscribe um you can go to blackgirlscreate.org and just type in your email and then bam you'll be added to our list bam just like that except i also have just to remember like to i mean there's a couple more check steps, that but... submission and then add. no i get the emails now so i've been adding them oh cool well i added two people cool so yeah for some reason i get notifications i didn't I don't know how that happened, but I do. Hey, so. man. That's awesome. So um, <laughs> make sure to follow us at We Black and Nerds on Twitter. Like us, Black Girls Create, on all of the socials. And join our Wizard Team Facebook group. That's where we have these Potterhead conversations without the pesky 140 character limit. Um, we ask each other questions. We post funny stuff. Just, you know, a cool little place to talk Potter with your Potter friends. So... Yep. Let's dive into... Oh, wait. Sorry. Oh, so that's all we want to do. All we want to do is talk Potter stuff with our Potter friends. Um, I'm sorry. I My computer is being dumb, so your audio is like super low. Um, oh. So I'm going to be saying, I'm sorry. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's dive right into what's going on in the Wizard Team verse right now. Um, we just have to take a moment. I don't watch the show. Like, I know you don't, but it's still, it connects. And it's no, sad. I know. I, I just feel we like. We lost. I was shocked when I saw, and I didn't see it until you Dude, like, I was putting together the newsletter. I literally, I was watching it and I was like, no. I was so, y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So on How to Get Away with Murder in the winter finale, they killed Wes Gibbons, who is like one of the main characters and is played by Alfred Enoch, who most of you know as Dean Thomas and also known as my bae. <laughs> um, but they killed him and it was really sad. And I was like, I was really, I was actually shocked. I'm actually, it's funny because I'm like, the one hand I was like, obviously just like pissed and like sad. And like when I was talking to my sister the next day, she was just like, I hate Shonda. Um, Cause she's also like really deep into Grey's Anatomy right now too. So she was just like, Shonda is the worst. Um, even though Shonda didn't make that decision, but still. Um, and then, but, but on like a storytelling level, like it was really funny. Cause it was like, my brain was working on two different levels where I was like, one, I was just like, no, why are you doing this to me? And the other side, I was like, yeah, that's real smart. Like <laughs> that was some great storytelling. Good. Bravo. Good job. Um, but yeah, so that's a really sad thing, and I just felt like we should bring it. I up also because, felt like you know, though you were talking about it, and I caught your thing on Twitter about how um, there'll be a search for the next Doctor Who, and so he's got a job yep. opening. And I was like, so eyeball emoji. I was like, <laughs> oh, that's lit. <laughs> I didn't even feel bad. I was like, oh, okay. No, that was like literally that was my. I mean, I mean, also he's not like. Alfred Enoch is in the rest of the season because, like, how to get a murder, they always have some kind of, like, question. So now the question is, like, who killed mm-hmm. Wes or whatever. Um, so he'll be in the next, like, half of the season or whatever. But, like, um, that was one of the other things. I was trying to, like, think of bright yeah. sides, too. I was just like, oh, you know, they're talking about Doctor Who. <laughs> that would be cool. He's, like, a legacy, too, because his dad was in Doctor yeah. Who. Um, I mean, I still have my heart set on Raza Joffrey as the next Doctor because that's my bae. Um mm-hmm. Even though he has a job too on 
Code Black, I think it is. It's a hospital show. I don't know what show it is. Um, I don't. He's my bae, but he's not bae enough for me to watch a hospital procedural. Sorry. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, the other thing is like that I just think I should, I wanted to add now. I was thinking about it earlier today um, and I asked two days ago when y'all, most of y'all are listening to this, but like I was going to tweet it and then I was like, oh no, we're recording later. So I'll save it. Um, But I was like earlier today, I was watching um, like interviews that Alfred Enoch was doing like post the episode or the last episode of how to get away with murder um and obviously because like people know that like like dean thomas is one of the bigger roles that he's known for so a lot of people kind of like brought that up you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and i just like one of the things and i just kind of kind of clicked for me like one of the things i really love about the harry potter like cast from the movies and stuff is that like they always get asked about potter it's been like 10 it's been so long since they've even it's been five years since the last movie came out um and they've been like that was like such a huge part of their life and I don't know like I think that I would kind of get I would like love to you know at a certain point I would want to move on not move on like ignore the past but also just like talk about the work that I'm in now but it always gets brought up and I you know it happens with Daniel Radcliffe it happens with like Emma Watson it happens with um Alfred Enoch and like they always kind of respond to those questions with like the same like like super humble and like still really grateful that they had that experience and still like have really happy memories about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's also, it's always really cool. I love when they get asked like Harry Potter questions because they're always game. You know what I mean? Like none of them are like, nah, I'm not going to talk about Harry Potter. They're always like super down to like talk about it. Um, and there was like this one interview um, I was watching where Alfred was talking about how he, um, like grew up loving the books too. And it was like a big deal, like at his school, um, like, before he was even cast, just, like, the way that they were, like... Like, he had a very similar experience with, like, the books that, you know, most Potterheads did. Um, which isn't really something you think about very much for people who are, like, in acting and who are, like, actually... In the book, A yeah. larger part in the thing, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. I just think it's really cool. Um, just, yeah, how those... How, like, that experience shaped these actors. And then they're also not, like, pushing away from that. Yeah, um... Daniel Radcliffe was on The Daily Show, right? Yeah, The Daily Show. And said pretty much the same thing. And I think that, especially for the younger Potter actors, the student actors and stuff, I would I think that it's because it was such a learning experience for them and like a lot of them, you know, really talk about how being on that set was so formative to like how they act and like how profession how they come at like at it like professionals and I think what I think is great is that it's a testament not only to like how great those young actors are and not feeling like too big for Potter, like not wanting to shy away from it, but also like how great of an experience the cast and crew made it for them that Mm -hmm. it's like always a fond memory to talk about. I do understand though. It's like, okay, I, especially for someone like Alfred, it's like, it was a, thing that I was a part of but I wasn't like a huge role <laughs> you know like yeah but I feel like with him like he was still probably there maybe not as much as like the trio but still like a big chunk and it wasn't like that wasn't that it was just like one question in like yeah you know what I mean in the interview it wasn't like it didn't take up a large part of the um interview um but yeah so yeah it wasn't like this now we're just gonna talk to you about Harry Potter or whatever it was it was a lot more just kind of like 
it got mentioned and he, you know, went with it and like answered a question about it and it didn't feel like forced, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Um, And I think that I'm just going from saying like, I would feel like more, you're asking me about Potter for the sake of Potter, like in terms of the work that I've done, you know, like I've mm -hmm. done actually more work (laughs) um, on how to get away with murder and, you know, like, not that, you know, but I, I still think that it's a great testament to that environment. And I, even just being, like, we've talked about it. I, I still think it's probably one of the best experiences I've ever had. Um, it's like, just being at the studio tour ten years after the movies were over, mm-hmm. or however, five years, whatever it's been. And, like, I still felt like, oh, my God. You know, I felt like I was in a really great, special place. So... Who like I can only imagine what it was like being there when everything was like when it was bustling with actual activity and not just like the fan stuff. But right. yeah, so let's move on to the other topic of news is that Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is finally out in theaters. Um, you can check out our bonus episode, episode sixty four and four fifths, for our mm-hmm. spoiler heavy review of the book. Uh, the book, the movie. I wish it was a book. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it is a book. Yeah, so we don't want to, like, talk too much about that. All of our thoughts and stuff are in that episode. But, you know. Yeah, you can you can do 64 and 1 fifth if you haven't seen yes. it yet. Watch six or listen to 64 and 1 fifth, and that's the one where we just kind of, like, do a big summary of all the stuff that we knew before we saw the movie. What we're looking forward then, to, what we're hoping for, and like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a pre-movie. And then in six, and then in 64 and 4 fifths is, like, our spoiler-heavy review and you can listen to that if you saw it, if you don't plan on seeing it. If you like, don't care yeah. about reviews. That too. Um, yeah. Or spoilers, sorry. I was. I think I mentioned this yeah, um, reviews, in yeah, the last one, which is that I was watching Avatar with Bayana's younger sister. I watched the entire season of Avatar. And I fell asleep at one point, and she turned, because she, she'd already seen all of Avatar. She was just watching it with me to show me Avatar. Um... So she turned to Cora, and I woke up in the middle, and I started asking questions, and she got real mad at me. She's like, you can't watch Cora. You haven't finished Avatar. And I was like, so? I don't care. She's like, there's spoilers. I was like, so? I don't care. My philosophy is if the story is good, the spoilers don't matter. I'm still going to be in it. Yeah. See, I don't. I mean, like, I'll if I'm spoiled, I'll still watch it if I know I'm going to like it. But, like, it just isn't the same. I like the surprise and the... Um... There's, like, another feeling that's added to it. Like, even if it's just good, like, it's cool. If I had known that Wes was going to die before he died, I would have, like, it It wouldn't have been the same. Yeah, I mean, those are, like, those are big spoilers. And, like, I don't know. I tend to do that to myself just because I have, like, I have, oh, I watch TV very weird. I, ha- I, ha- I get actual anxiety from television. This is another thing that Akira hates about me because I'll stand up or I'll be, like, on my phone. Same. And she's like, you're not watching. And I'm like, I am watching. I'm just nervous. <laughs> like, I have to, like, yeah. move. That was, like, when we did our, like, the three of us did our um, Doctor Who. Because, well, oh, we're not going to get to do that this yeah. year. Maybe we'll do something the like it when you seasons, come home for, like, yeah. it'll be like a. Well, a Christmas special, but you're not going to be gonna there. I'm not going to be here. Boom. You can save it for okay. me. Anyway, do it during um, the last two seasons, the three of us would, like, do um we like spend the night at robin's house and write and watch the premiere um 
And, like, Robin would just get up and go to the bathroom. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to pause it then. Because clearly, try to be polite. You know what I mean? Like, you left. I'm going to just make sure you don't. And she's like, no, keep playing it. And I'm like, but you're not. How do you know what's going on? I just need, I I need to take a break. I'm stressed out. <laughs> don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I'll go back. Or I'll ask you guys questions about it, which will also bug you. But I'll be like, okay, what did I miss? Mm-hmm. Um, that's why. That's honestly. That's why I don't like. I don't like watching television with my mom. Like after a certain time. Oh yeah. Like you know, we talk about how she's too old to be so like you're too young to be so old or whatever. But like she'll literally like that's like we used to do like TGIT as like a fam like me and my sister and my mom and she would always fall asleep like halfway through How to Get Away with Murder. <laughs> And, and, like, I get it because she works really hard and she's, you know, she has really long hours and all that kind of stuff. So, I, I understand. My problem is she just needs to, like, have realistic expectations of what she's going to do. She doesn't do that. So, she'll fall asleep halfway through How to Get Away with Murder. And then the next year, I mean, the next week, she'd be like, it'd be nine and it's time to watch Scandal. And she'd be like, no, I got to watch How to Get Away first. And so, then we're up <laughs> until then it's ten and it's t- and we are scandals over. Like, so we're like, okay, we still gotta watch scandal. You finish How to Get Away with Murder, great. Now let's go back. Let's watch scandal. It's recorded, great. And then we get back to How to Get Away, and she's asleep again. So then it's like it's a cycle. And I'm like, you could catch up. Why are you waiting a week to catch up? You got a whole weekend. Like I would get irritated every time, and she's like, just leave me alone. Let me watch this. I'm like, Mama, but this happens every time. That happened to us. There we were ways, watching. Um, there are ways to prevent. This. We were watching. <laughs> Straight out of Compton, which she told me when she, when they came and like when she came and picked me up from the bar, she was like, "I've been watching Straight Out of Compton for two days." <laughs> and then the point was to watch Straight Out of Compton and then watch the M- Michelle one, like mm-hmm. whatever out of Com- or. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I don't know. What well, it's let called, me tell you one Kira thing. Called me to Akira called me to like give me an entire rundown of that. I don't even have to. watch Yeah, it. she she calls it the <laughs> tea. She was so excited. But first She's off. So we went from Straight Outta Compton, which was like an Oscar-nominated film. Like, it has its issues. Like, I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Dr. Dre. And she's like, just wait until we get to the T. Or I think it's called Surviving Compton is what it's called. But it's a Lifetime movie. So the quality drop, like, right there was like, oh, okay. And then Misha Lay, her voice, no. She talked like this the whole time. Oh, my God. And I was like, I can't, I can't. But then your mom fell asleep and Akira was done with her too. Just like, like, leave her alone. That's what she does. At least she's not like my mom who falls asleep and then pretends like she's awake and will answer mid-sentence of something that wasn't even happening, plus be snoring, plus refuse to just go to bed. I'm awake. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, my mom would too. We yeah, it's a thing. It's a constant. Yeah. Uh, but no, my mom. We have this charade. Where we up, all we all have to pretend to go upstairs like, to get her to go upstairs, and then we congregate back mm. downstairs after she's fallen asleep. Like we have to go through my all mom of that. Really be like, what's going on? What yeah. is this? What what happened? I'm like, Mama, come on, fam. Yeah. We was in here. One time she tried to do that with Game of Thrones, and then I started getting really deep in it, and she was like, All right, I can't. And I was like, Yeah. I thought. That's what you thought. thought so. You should just like. <laughs> it was like it was like half. It was like the end of season she just five. Makes so she's up. really trying to figure out. So she just asked the question of like, but you know, the stuff, it, all of it, kind of goes. <laughs> it, it's a. There's a process it's all connected. So I was like, 
I can't just tell you what's happening now because it won't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, all right. All never, right mind. never mind. Yeah, I do that yeah. with Brandon. I'll be like, oh yeah, so he's the, he's the fire devil and that dude right there, he's got to save the world and then homeboy, he's going to come in and like spray water on him. They call him Ju- Junior and you know, and he's like, is that true? And I'm like, no, it ain't true. But why are you asking me these questions? You're not going to watch Doctor Who. We know this. You're never going to finish Star Wars. Leave me alone. I'm in my, I'm in my happy place. Okay. Oh, man. Okay. So speaking of happy place. Get to the chapter. Um, speaking of happy places, we're on chapter five of Weasley's Wizard Weezes. And now we're going to actually be in the borough. I have drawn so many hearts. I've drawn more hearts per page in this chapter than I have in all chapters previously. Probably. I don't think I drew any hearts. I'm trying to check. All of the hearts. Oh, I drew one. I did one, at least. Um, Okay. Anyway, previously on Wizard Team, um, the Weasleys came to pick up the... Pick up the... No. Pick up Harry. um, And... Blew up the um, Dursley's living room in the process. Um, Fred and George plotted on a way to get Dudley to try a ton tug toffee, which we're going to figure out. We're going to learn that's what it's called. In, in like, a second, yeah. Um, and then Dudley took the bait after uh, Fred dropped it on his way out. And um, so it's all chaos when Harry leaves the Dursley's because Aunt Petunia is trying to yank um, Dudley's tongue out of his mouth. Um, and Uncle Vernon is throwing teacups at Mr. Weasley. It's a lot happening. Um, but Harry, um, is now going through the fireplace in the Food Network on his way to the borough. Um, so he, yeah, he's going through the fireplace. Um, when he at last found himself slowing down, he threw out his hands and came to a halt in time to prevent himself from falling face forward out of the Weasley's kitchen fire. Um, did he eat it? Said Fred excitedly. Yeah, said Harry. What was it? Tun Tung Toffee. George and I invented them and we've been looking for someone to test them on all summer. The tiny kitchen exploded with laughter. So, I, mm, I, no. Yeah, that, so <laughs> no. this was my we've thing too. Because we see this, late, I'm, I'm sure we see it in this book as well as in Order of the Phoenix. But they keep testing their stuff on people um, and they like sign up first years to be tests rabbits of their wares or whatever but like you didn't get you didn't stick around to see if it worked you weren't around if i mean if that, arthur couldn't fix him you weren't right this, this and that's the thing like i think this is the only time that they do it without anyone's consent yeah until it becomes like until it's like an actual like i think i think they accidentally give neville a canary cream at some point but that was an accident that wasn't like you know mm-hmm. what i mean it wasn't like malicious um I think this is, like, the one time where, like, with the first years, they're, like, paying them, I think. And I, I'm pretty sure that's Order of the Phoenix because that's when Hermione actually has, like, some kind of clout to, to stop them. do yeah. anything. Because she's a prefect or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I feel like for a while they're testing them on themselves and they're like, okay, now we have to make sure other people react the same way. Which makes sense. It's just like, this isn't that. No. <laughs> like, this isn't what that was. And I mean, we'll get to it in the um, next page where they kind of do a better job of, like, why, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, which yeah. I clocked. And I, I, I still think it's, like, a decent thing. Or not decent. It's not right, but it's understandable. 
Um, mm-hmm. But, like, to stick up for Harry and to, like, in some way bully someone who is a bully is, like, problematic and, like, but also, like, understandable, you know? Like... Yeah, it's, like, it's weird because, like, I don't know, in the last chapter, I feel like with... It's different in the con like in the context that they have versus the one that we have, if that makes sense. Or like for us, it's like the Dudley hasn't really been doing anything like in the immediate, and so it just feels like you're bullying him. Versus like Fred and George, all they've heard about is all the bullying that they've done, that he's done to Harry, and like yeah, now there's an opportunity to get him back to get back at him. But then it's just like not really the best way to it. it it's not but like, great. let's be honest, um, if we saw any of the Dursleys, like our first meeting with the Dursleys, no matter how bad their week has gone or what they've gone through at that particular moment, we're side-eyeing them. Like, ugh. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I get that. It's just, yeah, like we know what a hard time Dudley's been going through. But to me, it's just more like, what if Arthur couldn't fix it? What if, you know what I mean? Like, what if something goes wrong and, like, you mm-hmm. you dipped, you're gone, you can't even explain it to any, you know what I mean? Like, thank God, like, none of that happened, but... Right, it could have been, been way more serious. Way, way more serious. Um, so, the whole kitchen explodes with laughter and Harry um, saw that Ron and George were sitting at the scrubbed wooden table next to two red-haired people. Woo! Um... <laughs> Harry had never seen them before, though he knew immediately that they must be Bill and Charlie, the oldest Weasley twins. This is going to be an interesting episode. It's going to be good. Um, How you doing, Harry? Said the nearest of the nearest of the two, grinning at him and holding out a large hand, which Harry shook, feeling calluses and blisters under his fingers, because Charlie is a man's man. Um, He's not a hand model. Not a hand model. <laughs> this had to be Charlie, who worked with dragons in Romania. Charlie was built like the twins, shorter and stockier than Percy and Ron, who were both long and lanky. See, I have a different type. He had a broad, <laughs> good-natured face, which was weather-beaten and so freckly, he looked almost tanned. Mm. Mm. His arms were muscular. I don't see anything about eyebrows. And one of them had a large, shiny burn on it. Mm, I like a man with, with scars. A little bit of, you know, he's got stories. He's been through some, some stuff. Oh, okay. Ugh. Charlie. Um, Bill got to his feet, smiling, and also shook Harry's hand. He came something as a surprise. Harry knew that he worked for the Wizarding Bank Gringotts and that Bill had been head boy at Hogwarts. Um, and as such, he'd always imagined Bill to be an older version of Percy, um, fussy about rule breaking and fond of bossing everyone around. However, Bill was, there was no other word for it, cool. He was tall with long hair tied back in a ponytail. He wore an earring that looked like a fang dangling from it. Um, Bill's clothes would not have looked out of place at a rock concert, um, except Harry recognized his boots were made not of leather, but of dragon hide. That's kind of Yeah, um, so before... Can we, oh. oh, I was going to say real quick, can we just appreciate the fact that we actually met Bill yeah. in this? And can we also appreciate that this was in Goblet of yeah. Fire? Right. Just, when do we first meet? Yeah. We don't meet Bill until Deathly Hollow. Deathly Hollow's part run in Seven Potters. Wow. Hey, I'm Bill. He had a run-in with he a werewolf. He likes his fakes a little bit rare. a bit rare. <laughs> 
and that's it. And then all of a sudden, they family yep. just going to Shell Cottage. Like, you can just hang out with them. Who's he again? I went. No, they have the wedding, which you don't see oh, them. The wedding, and then yeah, and then Shell. Which Cottage. is really weird because like Fleur's dress is beautiful. You see them dance for a second, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's it. And then you see him at Shell Cottage. Um, mm-hmm. So. Before they could say anything else, Mr. Weasley appeared out of thin air at George's shoulder, looking angrier than Harry had ever seen him. That wasn't funny, Fred, he shouted. What on earth did you give that muggle boy? I didn't give him anything, said Fred. I just dropped it. It was his fault he wouldn't eat it. I would ne- I never told him to. Um, you dropped it on purpose. You knew he'd eat it. You knew he was on a diet. How big did his tongue get, George asked eagerly. It was four feet long before his parents would let me shrink it. Harry and the Weasleys, which sounds like a group, like I need to watch live, like Harry and the Potters, (laughs) Harry and the Weasleys, let's do this. When are they going on tour? Um, Harry and the Weasleys roared with laughter again. This isn't funny. That sort of behavior seriously undermines wizard-muggle relations. I spent half of my life campaigning against the mistreatment of muggles and my own sons. We didn't give it to him because he was a muggle, said Fred indignantly, sticking up for... Um, oh, I just read my note like it was part of the book. Oh. <laughs> um, we didn't give it to him because he's a muggle, said Fred indignantly. No, we gave it to him because he's a great bullying git, said George. Isn't he, Harry? And I like that um, immediately... Fred is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, there's no muggleness to this. That is not the issue, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think it's like, one, it was their way to stick up for Harry in a very twin way and to say, and also to kind of like let it be known that Harry is protected. Like, what is that show? There's like some show where it's like, she is protected or she is ours or something like that. Maybe it's Lost Girl. I was going to say Twilight. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, God, no. Um, no, Doctor Who is the thing where, like, the Doctor's always like... The Earth is you protected. You should let, let them know the Earth, it is protected. Yeah. I guess it's, like, a, it's kind of a trope in a lot of sci-fi, but, um, yeah, I like that it's, like, the twins' way of saying, like, oh, don't get it twisted, Harry. You may think that Harry's here by himself, but we have his back, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that... Like I said, it was their way of kind of... It was a very, like, older brother type of activity, even though it went horribly, horribly wrong and they shouldn't have done it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. It was done... It was like the when the twins were trying to cheer up Ginny and they just went, right. they just they went about just it like the wrong way. Like, they just have... <laughs> yeah. Like, the execution isn't great, but the sentiment is, is noted. Um, mm-hmm. So... No, we gave it to him because uh. he's a great bullying git, said George. Isn't he, Harry? Yeah, he is, Mr. Weasley, said Harry earnestly. And I think it's interesting because Harry doesn't want the twins to get in trouble. Dudley is a bullying git, but, like, he enjoys it. Like, <laughs> like, you know, like it's, it's, it, it also reminds me of when they were letting Percy, like, take the piss out of Ron about his head boy badge. Um, right and Harry didn't say shit. nothing <laughs> and it was just like just rude. you know it's another one of those like examples of the, how their friendship is outside of Ron like mm-hmm. you know I know you because you're Ron's brothers or whatever but also like we're just cool um, 
because he he says it like I think the Harry said Harry earnestly is like saying you know Mr. Weasley like yeah calm down like or or be be gentler on the on them because it's true and they're not lying or they're not making it up. That's not the point, raged Mr. Weasley. You wait until I tell your mother. Tell me what said a voice behind uh, them. Oh oh uh oh indeed um. So Mrs. Weasley comes in um, and she looks suspicious. Oh, hello, Harry, dear, she said. Tell me what, Arthur. Mr. Weasley hesitated. Harry could tell that however angry he was with Fred and George, he hadn't really intended to tell Mrs. Weasley what had happened. Um, There was a silence while Mr. Weasley eyed his wife nervously. Um, Then Hermione and Jenny walk in. Both of them smiled at Harry, who grinned back, which made Jenny go scarlet. Um, Yeah. Tell me what, Arthur, Mrs. Weasley repeated. It's nothing, Molly. Fred and George just... But I've had words with them. What have they done this time? If it's got anything to do with Weasley's wizard wheezes. Why don't you show Harry where he's sleeping, Ron, said Hermione from the doorway. He knows where he's sleeping, said Ron. In my room. He slept there last. We can all go, said Hermione pointedly. Oh, said Ron. Right. Yeah, we'll come too, said George. You stay where you are, <laughs> snarled Mrs. Weasley. I, they, George really tried he it. Did. He thought. <laughs> I mean, A for effort, right? I mean, you know, you, yeah. Um, so yeah, so Harry, Ron, um, Hermione, and Jenny uh, leave the kitchen. Um, what are Weasley's wizard Weasley, wheezes? Um, so man, that it's... They need like a better it. name. Um, I'm not going to lie. I like... You don't like it? I, I, what are Weezes? I don't know, like, it makes you laugh so hard you can't breathe. Wheeze. That's what I, but I don't get it. It's the alliteration, and I love alliteration. Yeah. But what are wheezes? I mean, that's what I thought. Because you wheeze when you can't breathe. Like, you know, when you have asthma. Yeah, I get it. And, like, it's a, yeah. So, the. It's hard to say. It's really the L. Weasley's wizard wheezes. Because it makes you want to say L more than once. If it was Wheezy's Wizard Wheezes, it'd be easier. No, it really but wouldn't. they're not called Wheezy's. So it would. Maybe it's because I have a lisp, and so it's just hard in general. Weasley's Maybe. Wizard Wheezes. There are a lot of, like, z- 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 I don't like it. Yeah, that's true. Okay, <laughs> Ron and Jenny both laughed, um, though Hermione didn't. Uh, Mum found this stack of forms when she was cleaning Fred and George's room. Um... They must have been out. Like, why is she cleaning their rooms? That just I mean, there's like, a lot of stuff that we see that Molly does in this chapter. Like, that. But my mom would go in and clean my room, too. Yeah, you know? I mean, and I was thinking, like, my mom My mom has cleaned my brother's room before. And my sister's. Can't relate. Um, but I, I think also, like, you know, they're not there a lot of the time. So it's possible they, like... Um, you know, it's possible it could have been like while they were at school or yeah. something. Yeah, Eliana agrees with me though. It's a terrible name. Okay. It's too many. <laughs> which, 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 it's hard to say. I like all of the stuff, but yeah. So um, Molly goes in. She sees great long price list um, for stuff they've admitted joke stuff. You know, fake wands and trick sweets and loads of stuff. It was brilliant. I never knew they'd been inventing all of that. Where do they get the supply money or the supplies? I don't know. They probably like save it up. Yeah. Also, like some of that's probably magic. I, 
But the conjuring thing is you can't just conjure out of thin air. No, I know. I'm saying like some of that, some of it probably they could be turning, they could be transfiguring oh. things. And also like, yeah, I don't know. Oh, I'm sure that's what the fake um, wands are, right? You just transfigure something to look like a wand. And then when you try yeah. to use it, it goes back to its old. And it's easier to use magic in a household like the borough because they can't actually see who is yeah. doing the magic. So um, so it's easier to do it in magical households because it looks like a regular occurrence. Yeah. Um, um Slot, hashtag the minist- get the ministry a better system. system. <laughs> um, we've been hearing explosions out of their room for ages, but we never thought they were actually making things, said Jenny. We thought they just liked the noise. Um, so <laughs> two things. One, the Weasleys are so funny. Like, they're just like, yeah, we've just been hearing all this noise and we just thought, you know. Let them do that, what they do. That's cool. That's what they like. They like loud noises. It's great. That's funny because my parents would never, like, I could never. Uh, explosions? <laughs> no, but... I mean, I wouldn't, but, like, yeah. I will say, though, that, like, because like, I used to be very clumsy. I've gotten over it, but I used to be. And so you would hear a lot of, like, banging and falling thumps. and thumping <laughs> and then, like, ah! And after a while, mm-hmm. my parents really did stop asking me if I was okay. Like, or coming in to check on me. Like, there was one time when I literally fell down the stairs and, like, hit my head on the front door. And you know my stairs at home. Like, those, those big stairs. Yeah. It's a lot of stairs to and fall down. And you got down. all the way across the foyer to the huh? door? How hard did you fall? There's some space between but the But you slide the there. The <laughs> it's not, like, a good... Like, I, like, kind of rolled into the door. Oh, my God. Like, and I fell, like, pretty early on. And I feel like when I was younger, my parents would have been like, oh, my God. But, like, literally, they were like, you okay? Like, that's what my dad said. He didn't get up off the couch. He didn't come into the living room to check on me. He just heard, boom, 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 yeah. boom, bam. Ah. And he said, you okay? I mean, honestly, that's, like, my whole life. And I was a hypochondriac as a kid. On top of then being like getting minor injuries all the time, um, and then when I started playing sports, I actually did get injured a lot. And so my parent, like that was the thing. Like that's why I like bar- rarely go to the doctor when I'm hurt. Cause I'm like, it's cool. Put a brace on it. Put some ice. I'll be all right. Cause that's how my parents were. <laughs> They're just like, you cool. Um, and like, so that was the funniest thing when I ended up getting carpal tunnel. Like since I've been in Chicago. And, like, everybody's like, oh, my God, are you okay? What's going on? And I, like, it makes me feel so uncomfortable because <laughs> I'm like, no one takes my injury seriously. Yeah. Like, not even myself. I'm like, it's fine. Whatever. I'll walk <laughs> it off. <laughs> but everybody. But, like, yeah, it's 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 a strange feeling because my parents don't. No. But, yeah, yeah, it's just funny, though. And this goes to show, too, like, how many kids, like, you just got to pick and choose your battles, I guess. And with the twins, you could see um, that they really pick and choose their battles with them. Um, and now this is, like, coming to a head. Um, so, like... Yeah. Oh, the other thing I was going to mention um, was that we... This is, like, kind of the book. Like, Harry doesn't min- doesn't notice it until Order of the Phoenix. But um, this is the book where Jenny starts to be able to feel a little bit more comfortable yeah. talking to Harry. And, like, she still has, you know, she, like, blushes when he uh, smiles at him. Yeah. Or when he smiles at her. Um, but, like, she's still, she's kind of, like, warming up. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, chilling this out This is, a like, bit. the start of them becoming friends. As mm-hmm. opposed to, like, her 
being like, oh my God, it's Harry Potter. Just being Ron's little sister. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Eliana also says that the decree of underage magic was really just a fake law to support the statue of secrecy. Um, and that you can tell that the ministry cares zero about it because the whole ass government and they can't tell who did the magic. It, it doesn't make sense. Like, it's a thing that you should be able to. Well, they also out. said, like, if they have the trace on you until you're 18, right? They like, that's something that comes up later for Harry. Um, mm hmm. So if you have a trace... But that only works if you're in a place by yourself. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure they could tell if it was, like, someone in, like, the middle of a bunch of muggles and they did magic. I mean, they can pretty much tell that for anyone. But also, though, you can... But, like, I'm I trying to remember, to but in, when Dobby does magic um, to fr frame Harry, they were like, you performed this charm. So I'm just thinking, like, even if you're in a house full of muggles... How do you know the charm and not the person? Huh? Yeah. I said, how do you know the charm and not the person? Not even that, but, like, if you... That, yes. But if you know the charm, it's like, why would a 40-year-old man be, like... I mean, I guess it's Arthur. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, why are these, like, like two married people with all these children blowing stuff up all the time? Let's go <laughs> check that out. Well, I also don't know that all of it is wand magic. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it's also, like, some of that could probably be potions and that kind of thing. Like, they say you can't use magic outside, but, like, you can't really track that yeah. kind of stuff. And I'm I'm sure that, like, ton, 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 that, see, again, the alliteration. Ton, ton, tongue, toffee. Tongue, toffee. Okay. Um, I'm sure that is, like, mm -hmm. a potion, more so potion thing. But, and Eliana's like, they couldn't even tell it wasn't a wizard who did that magic. And talking about Dobby yeah, and they don't, Harry. They don't know what they're they don't, doing like that. Yeah, it's not well <laughs> they're not done. Good at this. They're not. Um, okay, um, only most of the stuff, well, all of it really, was a bit dangerous. And, you know, they were planning to sell it at Hogwarts to make some money. And Mum went mad at them, told them they weren't allowed to take any more, to make any more of it, and burned all the order forms. She's furious at them anyway. They didn't get as many owls as she expected. Um, and, and then there was this big row, Jenny said, because mom wants them to go to the Ministry of Magic like dad, and they told her all they want to do is open a joke. So I have a couple of things um, about this. Like, so the owls, mm -hmm. ordinary wizarding levels, you take when you're 15, and to me that seems like the equivalent, I guess, of like a grad school test, because like just how accelerated it is in the muggle world, or in the wizarding world, like how accelerated your career path and your education is. Because Percy graduated Hogwarts last year and is working for the ministry. And, like, yeah, he's doing, mm -hmm. like, a, a lower job. and he's, But, like, he, like, Hogwarts is both high school, middle school, and college. Like, all crammed into all one. And I think that, like, I tell people all the time, I feel, I feel like it's so dangerous even in, like, the muggle world that you have, like the way our school system is set up that you have like 15 year olds making these decisions that determine the rest of their life. And 15 year olds are stupid as hell. And mm -hmm. so I thought I was going to be an environmental lawyer. Hold on. I got to Hold I on. I, hold you. on. I, I got to go then off I on Porsche. I hated being an attorney. I got to go off what? on Porsche. Hold on one second. Why? She's talking about Charlie is Bay. Watch your mouth, Porsche. Oh God. Okay. Anyway, I just remember I initially like, and I was set what 17 and I graduated high school and I thought that I was going to go into environmental law um, because 
my mom's a lawyer and because I was in like a school that was like focused on like green stuff. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. And then I remembered after I took some like government classes that I hate that stuff. It's like boring as fuck. I went to court when I was like eight with my mom one time. I thought it was going to be super awesome and I wanted to be a lawyer all the way up until that point And it was boring as fuck. And I was like, nah. Yeah. But I forgot about that when I was 17 and I thought that that was the thing I wanted yeah. to do. Um, thank God I realized that, that was not the case. Really I really early. had like no clue um, what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be a filmmaker. I wanted to create. And that's kind of where I'm at still. Um, and now yeah. like, I mean, yeah, I want to be in marketing because you get to be creative and get paid for it consistently. <laughs> like, real. real way to follow your dreams, Robin. I was like, you know what I do need, though? I need that consistent Money. paycheck and a good health insurance plan. So yep. what could I do? <laughs> yeah, but like, you wouldn't really know that at. 15 I had no idea like, at 15 I, mean? I was no. I was literally explaining to my mom how going to college would just slow it slow me down because I needed to be able to do grunt work in Hollywood um, before I became a producer and because the, and because my mom didn't have any connections um <laughs> like did you tell yeah, her this you can't help me so I should get started as soon as possible and she was like take your ass to college and get out my face yeah. Um, Sounds about right. Which ended up being a good thing, but, you know, it's just weird because, yeah, so at 15, and I mean, they end up doing what they want, but it's also just like, I've, you, you have, you have so much more growing up to do in between those mm-hmm. times. Um, I have a hard time, especially because wizards live much longer. So it seems weird that they would it would be such a accelerated like learning process. And we don't we know that there are some like postgraduate like post Hogwarts like schools and think tanks and stuff like that, but there isn't really doesn't seem like a formal system like that. Um but yeah, it's just funny that Molly's really worried, and it, it comes from a place of love. It's misplaced or something, I don't know. But Molly's really worried about um, their future and their long-term, what they're going to do because of the owls that they got and because of kind of the precedent set by Charlie and Bill and Percy. I'm sorry, I got distracted because Eliana was like, I graduated a month after I turned 16, and I was like, college? You mean perfect time? To hit the ground hard and become an international pop star. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but as we know, Eliana, I love you, boo. You're our featured creator of the month, but you are no pop star. So things must have changed. Um, yeah, it's just weird to me. It's just like it's it just is it's it's weird that this is the fight that they're having, and they're 16 years old. Right. So, um, um, okay. So just then the door opened and it's, uh, like they're walking up the staircase and then a door on the second landing opened. Um, and it's Percy. Hi, Percy said Harry. Oh, hello, Harry. I was wondering who was making all the noise. I'm trying to work in here. You know, I've got a report to finish for the office and it's rather difficult to concentrate when people keep thundering up and down the stairs. 
We are not thundering, said Ron. We're walking. Sorry if we've disturbed the top secret workings of the Ministry of Magic. What are you working on, said Harry. Harry, you know this was the moment. That you should have been like, sorry. Just be like, bye, Percy. Have good luck on your work. (laughs) Like, it's just... um, A report for the Department of International Magical Cooperation, said Percy smugly. We're trying to standardize cauldron thickness. Some of these foreign imports are just a shade too thin. Leakages have have been increasing at a rate of almost 3% a year. Um, That'll change the world, that report will, said Ron. (laughs) Front page of the Daily Prophet, I expect. Cauldron leaks. Um, (laughs) Percy went slightly pink. You might sneer, Ron, he said. But unless some sort of international law is imposed, we might well find the market flooded with flimsy, shallow-bottomed products that seriously endanger. Yeah, yeah, all right, said Ron. And he hurried up the stairs. Um, Percy slammed his bedroom door shut. So it's really funny because, like, Percy is super, like, tightly wound and, like, hella Mm -hmm. extra. But, I mean, cauldron leaks do seem like a serious thing. Yeah. I mean, it, you know what I mean? Like, it's it is it has always been not what Percy does, but how he does it that is the problem. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't. You don't have to be pompous about it. Like, and also that could be very interesting. Like, we see a couple of times when Hermione's like, "Oh, like let's talk about this." Like, I'm interested, you know. And if he wasn't such a get, like. You know, right. but like pretty much. Um He's so like that is smart and it's also like very um it's a very good look into what it what it takes to have like international cooperation. Especially like now that we have Fantastic Beasts that just came out and we kind of see that mm-hmm. even though I'm still worried about I'm wondering about the logistics there that someone like someone dies and then a second later all of these international bigwigs are at Makusa like you can't operate across the country so how did you get there but okay or across continents but like that how you standardize like things and how you work internationally and making sure that like like that kind of stuff like it is a bureaucracy so he's writing a report about like the need for this thing to become an international statute. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, the the inner workings of that might be kind of boring, but, like, he's he's been out of Hogwarts for four months, and he's writing, like, international, you know, like... Not even, like, two months. Yeah. That's, yeah, like, barely. That's exciting, yeah. <laughs> if nothing else. Like, he's brilliant. Um... Eliana says that Percy gets on her nerves, but he is one of his, her favorite characters. He's so ridiculous. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, he's he's a lot, but he's also impressive. He is. He's, like, he's like overly competent, but then, like, he knows he yeah. is. And he's just, like, it's a little too yeah. much. He's just a little yeah. extra. Like, you can't even, uh, as much as you want to hate on him, you really can't because he does get his ish done. So... Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they go up to, they go up to Ron's room. Um, so I, we don't have to really like go through what's there cause we've, you know, we've seen it before, but I just wanted to, there's this one thing. There's a fish tank on the windowsill, mm-hmm. um, which had previously held, held frog spawn and now contained one extremely large frog. So we never like, Ron has a pet frog. I'm like, who is yeah, this frog? That's who it. Is, who is this just person? Just a frog. And why is like, 
I just, um, yeah. Also, Ron's old rat bastard Scabbers was here no more. Mm-hmm. Um, that actually says that. That's, it, it says, does. It says bastard, Ron's actually. old rat bastard Scabbers. Okay, 56, check it was out. Was here no more, but instead there was a tiny gray owl. Um, it was hopping up and down the small cage, twittering madly. Shut up, pig, said Ron. Um, and I just have to read this one part because it's important. Fred and George are in here with us because Bill and Charlie are in their room. Charlie. <laughs> That's yeah. it? Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Percy gets, Percy gets right. to keep his room all to himself because he has to work. But Bill and Charlie are in the twins' room. Um... Why are you calling that owl pig? How did Fred they do Billy? this in the when when they weren't? Did Fred and George and Ron like share a room for a long time? That's what I wonder. I'm curious about the logistics of this. And then like I know Hermione and and Ron. I mean and I mean and Harry come and spend the night all the time. Has Lee Jordan ever stayed at the borough for a but summer? I'm sure. Like, what about Bill and Charlie's friends? We know Percy don't really yeah. got friends. So Ain't nobody like, trying to stay with Percy for no extended amount of time. N- no. I think that <laughs> all them seventh year boys were like, Percy, really? You want us to? Yeah, no, I would. I would not. imagine that like Lee has come like spent the night or something like that. But he comes from a wizarding family, so like I wouldn't like. I think the reason why Hermione and Harry come stay for like large lengths of time is just because so it's their chance to be surrounded by magic. I think that the Weasleys are open to that, especially Harry, because of what his alternative is. Um, I, I just kind of thought that maybe, like, they had built an extension and then took it down. And, mm. you know, when they moved out, I don't know. Because yeah. I would think, like, having a, three teenagers to a room is a lot. Well, I wasn't thinking teenagers, right? Because, like, Bill and Charlie are out by the time Ron is, like, 11. Yeah, but you would still have Bill, Charlie, and Percy in a room, I'm thinking, and then the twins and Ron. Wait, there's Jenny's room, Percy's room, Fred and George, Ron. So there's four other okay. rooms. And so then Jenny. Maybe Ron and room. Jenny shared a room. Maybe Ron and Jenny. The twins shared a room. room. Uh huh. And then Percy. No, I was thinking maybe Bill and maybe Bill and Charlie. But maybe it was Bill um, and Percy because they were both maybe smart Percy and Ron. And... Maybe Percy and Ron, and then Fred and George, and then Jenny. Right? Bill and Charlie, Percy and Ron, Fred and George and Ginny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's four rooms. That makes sense. Um, I would think more that you would have Ron and Ginny sharing a room until a certain age because they're young. They're only a year apart. Yeah, until like until like maybe, um, I don't know, I shared a room with my brother until my sister came around. So. Yeah. So maybe Ron moved yeah. into Percy's room at, like when he was like eight or nine. That seems or like the time yeah. when it's like, all right, y'all got to get in different rooms because you it's too much Portia says the twins are younger than Percy but maybe Percy and the twins have a large room yeah maybe one of the rooms is that seems like they it seems like that would drive Percy crazy though that seems like more trouble that would suck for Percy it would suck for both of them actually yeah that seems like you would definitely want to separate Percy and the twins I feel like Bill and Percy could share a room because they're both smart and Bill is cool um which means that he's able to kind of deal <laughs> you know mm-hmm. um he does have that smart side of him and maybe he was trying to show percy the right way but who knows um, so why are you calling that owl pig harry asked ron because he's being stupid said jenny its proper name is pig pigwidgeon 
So we have already seen Jenny talk more in this chapter to Harry, like directly to Harry, than yeah. in like any of the other books. You know, Pigwidgeon. Pigwidgeon is, yeah, um, yeah, and that's not a stupid name at all," said Ron sarcastically. Jenny named him. She reckons it's sweet, and I tried to change it, but it was too late. He won't answer to anything else. So now he's pig. I've got to keep him up here, where um, here because he annoys Errol and Hermes. Which anno- he annoys me too. Come to that. Ron is so rude to his pets. Well, I mean, pets. Ron is so rude to his pets. Also, Errol needs some rest. Like, you can't right? be having. <laughs> like, Errol needs Errol is like, a if break. this let, pig. Let if, Errol chill. If this little owl don't stop. Right. If Hedwig can't handle pig, then er- like. Errol is definitely. Errol can barely handle Hermes, I'm sure. Errol can barely handle himself, True. to be honest. Like. He's, he's Errol is like, get off um, my lawn. Mm-hmm. Um, so Pigwidgeon zoomed happily around the cage, hooting shrilly. Harry knew Ron too well to take him seriously. He had moaned continuously about his old rat bastard scabbers, but had been most upset when Hermione's cat appeared to have eaten him. Where's Crickshanks? Harry asked Hermione. Out in the garden, I expect. He likes chasing gnomes. He's never seen any before. Get your cat. Well, the gnomes are fine because the gnomes aren't no, no, supposed no. to be there. Out in the garden, I expect. She's not even sure. Oh, yeah. You're right. He likes the gnomes, so I'm assuming he's out there still. Girl. Yeah, Hermione. Yeah, she's just really... I mean, like, honestly, I feel like they have a different kind of... Crookshanks is not... It's like the same way with Hedwig. We're like, Harry don't really know where Hedwig is most of the time. He's like, she probably all right. She be all right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, she good. Like, she's rolling around. She's somewhere in the tropics for the serious. She'll, she'll check cool. in when she get hungry or when she's ready yeah. to nap. Yeah, like, that's pretty much Hermione and Crookshanks. Like, she's like, yeah. He'll, she'll he'll be, be around here be somewhere. He'll, he'll turn up. Um, Percy's enjoying work then, said Harry. Enjoying it, said Ron. I reckon, I don't reckon he'd come home if dad didn't make him. He's obsessed. Just don't let him get onto the subject of his boss. According to Mr. Crouch, as I was saying to Mr. Crouch, Mr. Crouch is of the opinion. Mr. Crouch was telling me they'll be announcing their engagement any day now. I thought that this was um, interesting because I think that from what we know about Bartimus Crouch Sr., he is very, mm-hmm. he's like a formidable guy. He's, he's like well-respected and stuff. Um, so I could see why Percy would like look up to him and want to kind of be mentored by him. But then it gets kind of, umbrage e when he moves on to working for fudge well i think that percy is mu- like i think he looks up to barty a lot but i think the other thing is that he's very much a suck up. um yeah i mean i guess it is umbrage but then like not on the same level because umbrage is also like an actual yeah. bigot <laughs> and so she yeah so but i think with percy is that he is like really he like wants to impress Mm -hmm. um and he also wants to feel important and i think also now that i'm thinking about it well i'm about to blow my mind um (laughs) about to blow your own mind (laughs) my own mind um so you know how ron like i think that percy and ron have very similar insecurities Mm -hmm. um about being like one of very of like a lot of siblings and like not always feeling like they have um, the attention of their parents and like always kind of feeling they need to prove themselves. invisible within that space. And so the way that it manifests for Percy is that he's super overly pompous. He like try he like overachieves. Um, he really wants his parents to like see him and be proud. 
Um, and then it kind of carries on to his work where he like really wants to be seen as like competent and like doing really well. And he wants to like rise in the ranks really like quickly, um, and just be like praised and, you know, like noticed. Um, and so I think that with Barty Crouch, he sees someone as he's like a mentor, someone who he like aspires to be. Um, and then after like all the stuff goes down and then all of a sudden he's working for fudge, um, he feels like he's getting to that point and then he doesn't really want to rock the boat as much because he's in a place where he yeah. wants to be. Um, and then also the fact that he doesn't get the support that he expects to get from his parents kind of just like drives in, like drives home those insecurities that he has. Um, and so then that's why he like fl- flees closer to fudge. Whereas like with Umbridge, she's just like, wherever the wind's blowing, that's what I'm mm-hmm. gonna do. And I'm gonna do my best to be the worst within that, do my best within those parameters like <laughs> like that's kind of you know what i mean so it's kind of it like looks very similar but um, there's different motivations but there's yeah there's different like kind of motivations behind yeah i it. think that it is important obviously to percy to perform well and to be and to stand out and to be noticed for being competent and for being um for excel excelling but i i i think that there's this weird like, and maybe it is, like, a, a thing against his parents or something, but this weird, like, Arthur, and, I mean, he says it at a certain point, like, further down the line, like, Arthur wasn't ambitious enough, and he didn't, he doesn't want to kind of get stunted and, like, not understanding that, like, Arthur is plenty ambitious and plenty capable of doing whatever, but he likes where he's at, you know? And, like, mm-hmm. it's not his fault that, like, the ministry doesn't value you know, the muggle office or like, you know, muggle cooperation. Um, but he likes the work that he's doing. And so why would he want to move out, out of that department, you know? Um, and he's like now the head of that department. So he's gone as high as he's, he wants to go. Um, it doesn't mean that he's not. And I think for Percy, it's like, you're in this lowly department head or not like you could you could have moved up higher and you you just didn't have the ambition to do it um and I don't want to like not have that or like have fall into that pattern of like not going as far as I can possibly go or as as far as my talents can take me um Mm -hmm. which is kind of an interesting Dumbledore thing um when it came to Grindelwald and stuff, right? Like he wanted to like go and like see how far he could go with his brains and his smarts and his ambition. Um, but sometimes you have to learn like, oh, this is a good fit. I'm good here. Like I'm happy. Right. I'm provided for. Like, you know, so it's interesting. Yeah. Um, Portia said that like, it's sad to think about how Percy probably admired his father while being somewhat embarrassed by him prior working in the ministry only to start working there and to learn how Arthur was perceived to be incompetent, um, which is even sadder um, thinking about when he finally reconciles with his family. Right. Cause like even like, you know, the, per- the Weasleys are not like the most popular family in the mm-hmm. wizarding world. Um, and like Percy knows that, but I think, yeah, there's a difference between just like hearing that, um, especially after coming off the idea that like your father's, you know, knows everything and like super in the know because he works for the. And he's the head of this department. You know what I mean? It's not like right, exactly. But then actually seeing what that mm-hmm. means, um, yeah, it's like it's, it's also things. strange because um, we have and, I'll, and we can move on after this. Is like we don't get very much 
insight into like the private sector and what that life looks like or like mm-hmm. just someone like I mean we have Bertha Jor- Jorkins and she gets shunted from department to department she's just kind of like a mid-level ministry worker right but like what's Arthur's opinion or what's Arthur's reputation among like those people as opposed to the upper echelon of ministry heads and like executives and stuff like that and then like people like Lucius Nafoy, who is, you know, a very important person. And it's like, right? who cares if he's thought of in one way by these, like, VIP-level people if the majority of people in, like, the wizarding world respect and think he's good and kind and, you know what I mean? Well, Percy cares. And what does that, you know, mean for both mm-hmm. of them? So, okay. So let's yeah. move on to... Okay. Yeah, so um, Hermione asks about, like, how Harry's summer was um, and if he got, like, their their food. Um, And then Ron begins to ask if he's heard from Sirius, but Jenny's there, so they cut it off um, so that she doesn't, you know, find out. Um, I think they've stopped arguing, said Hermione, to cover the awkward moment because Jenny was looking curiously from Ron to Harry. Shall we go down and help your mom with dinner? Um, Wait, I I wanted to make Um, a point here. It says... Um, uh-huh. Nobody but themselves and Professor Dumbledore knew about how Sirius had escaped or believed his innocence. And I think it's fine to, like, not share that you... I think it's fine to keep secret how he escaped or that you had anything to do with his escape. But I think it kind of would have helped Sirius in the long run if they would have started to kind of, like, show that they believed he was innocent. You know what I mean? Like, right, like publicly, publicly, yeah. Like, well, there, you know, some new, inf- we, we learned some new information in, like, the hunt for notorious mass murderer, Sirius Black, you know, and I'm starting to, like, really doubt his guilt. I don't know if it's what they, I, we don't know what they told Arthur and Molly about that rat bastard. Like, if they just think he died because he's old. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. I mean, and then also, like, what happened with, like, that was what I was asking, like, at the end of uh, the last book, like, how, where did Pig come yeah. from? And, like, how do you explain that to your parents? And, like, maybe they're cool with it. Obviously, they're fine with it, but, um, yeah. And like I said, too, I still think, um, just like Ginny with the diaries, like, there's a lot of kids and there's a lot of, like, logistics to keep up with. So, like, those kind of things kind of slip through the cracks. Um, I remember, like, mm-hmm. my brother taught me how to get, like, if you were if we were late for curfew, like, you come in the house, because my mom had this thing where you, we had to, like, wake her up. Like, our curfew was, like, midnight. And you stand... You block her view of the clock. You stand in this perfect spot in in their our parents' bedroom, and you're like, "Hey, mom, I'm home." And then she'd be like, "Oh, what time is it?" Because she's like half sleep. And then you're like, "It's like eleven fifty, it's midnight. It's twelve o two. You don't want to be too like on the nose." Um, and then she'd be like, "Okay, yeah." A lot of the time. In the morning, she would wake up and be like, "Bitch, I didn't go to sleep till midnight. Where were you?" But. <laughs> got over the yelling so a lot of other times she got past a yelling spell just because she was not at her freshest you know what i mean caught her unawares mm-hmm. i feel like that happens so much with arthur and molly like especially if you're ron you know molly's over there yelling at the twins why how why you don't have any owls and then ron goes speaking of owls you know i won this this new one in a in a game of quidditch or something <laughs> you know like he loves the <laughs> Speaking of owls, I'm hella irritated. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, there's just so many kids. So, 
Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, so yeah, they go down. Uh, Mrs. Weasley tells them that they're going to eat in the garden because there's not enough room inside for 11 people. Um, she tells the girls to take the plates outside where Bill and Charlie are setting up the tables um, and has Ron and Harry get the knives and forks. Um, so she's like cooking, clearly like frustrated. Um, but I do like the scene, even though she is messing up because it kind of shows how like she cooks yeah. with magic. Um, I wanted, so I wanted to she, stop real she, quick too because um, I'm trying to get this from Portia, but Portia says that she thinks Dumbledore and the trio keeping quiet on Sirius contributes to Molly's treatment of him in the Order of the Phoenix. Hmm. I'm wondering how, but or in what ways, but I think that is worth taking note of. You know, I think that I think that there is something to not starting to sow the seeds that he's innocent earlier. But yeah, yeah. so Molly's Yeah, she points her wand uh more vigorously than she intended at a pile of potatoes which shot out of their skin so fast that they ricocheted off of the walls and ceiling. Um, oh, for heaven's sake, she snapped, um, directing her wand at a dustpan, which hopped off the sideboard and started skating across the floor, scooping up the potatoes. Um, those two, I don't know what gotten, what's going to happen to them. I really don't. No ambition, unless you count making as much trouble as they possibly can. Um, so this is kind of like, it's it, you know it's it's a thing that's super common with parents and like not really seeing their children for who they really yeah. are um and making assumptions based on who they think that they should be um and like what they think they should be doing and then you don't see them doing that so then you think they're not doing anything or you know like, what i mean like saying that fred and george don't have ambition is like the exact yeah opposite. it's like utterly it's false. Like, it's like factually inaccurate i think too it's like mm-hmm. I, I wrote something similar that it's it's similar to like having an art, like someone in your family who's an artist and you want, and you, and you think that you can only succeed by being in business or something and like not having, mm-hmm. or not having faith or believing in your kids, I guess, ambition, but also capability to like make that dream work. Right. And I also mm-hmm. think it's weird again, because they are 15 and they are so young, like why not let them open their joke shop and then if it goes poorly like you help them get to a government position or you know what I mean like but at least give them Mm -hmm. the room and the support to follow their dream (laughs) like you know right and I mean I'm also sure that they're like you know as you start to kind of like go further into it it's clear that she's worried um so she says it's not as though they haven't got the brains but they're wasting them and unless they pull themselves together they'll be in real trouble I've had more owls from Hogwarts about them than the rest put together. If they carry on the way they're going, they'll end up in front of the improper use of magic office. So like her ultimate fear is that they're going to like get in real trouble um, and like become basically become criminals, which is like kind of a leap. But I get it considering like the stuff that they've been creating. Um, And even Ron says like some of it is pretty dangerous. Um, And so, yeah, like I get it. But at the same time, Again, it's just, like, not really having the right tools and, like, not truly understanding, like, how to really help yeah. the kid. You know I also I mean? think that it's... Like, what they actually It's misplaced need. worry as well. The worries... I mean, yeah, getting in real trouble and being in front of the improper use of magic office could be because they're, like, dropping ton-tongue ton, toffee um, in front of right. muggles. in front of a kid. Um, but it's not... <laughs> like, that, yeah, like you need to put a stop to that and that is something that can get them in serious trouble but the desire to open and own a joke shop is not that 
you know, like mm-hmm. that's a symptom, but it's, or I don't know, like that's not the problem. Like the problem yeah. is how they go about creating and inventing, but you shouldn't mm-hmm. say like um, stop creating and stop inventing full stop. Just exactly. You know? Um, and then she says, I don't know where we went wrong with them. Um, which it's like, you didn't go wrong with them. They're yeah. just different. You know what I mean? And I mean, this is also like, it's a thing that I kind of, I mean, my parents have never said anything like that specifically, but, um, just like, it, there's so much differences in parenting kids. Like kids are all different. And so y'all know me. I don't do <laughs> shit. I have never done shit. I just sit in my room with the door closed and read books. Um, and so that was pretty much me growing up. And like, because I never did anything, my parents got super like lax and spoiled. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? Like, they got spoiled. Like the first time they had like a real issue with my sister. Um, and my dad was like, I, well, you know, he, you know, freaking out. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what's going on with her. And I'm like, you just got a real teenager is what <laughs> happened. Like I didn't do anything. I was, I don't know. I'm weird. I'm the yeah. weird one. And y'all got the weird one first. And that, I mean, now you're just going to have to deal with, like, actual teenagers and, like, actual, like, issues that parents deal with on the regular. And it's, like, a normal thing that parents deal with. You just didn't deal with them with me because I'm not normal. You know what I mean? So it's, like... Or is it just, like... So it's not really, like... There's just different ways. Like, my brother was always... Like, I I think we we talked about this. Like, my brother was always very social and he was very popular. And, like, when he would get in trouble... Or when he would, my mom would be like, you know, like, go to your room or like, no friends over, none of whatever. And then my, my, she would walk past my house. I mean, we talked about it before when it was you and me together. Mm -hmm. She almost lost her mind. Like when I was growing up, she would be like, go outside, like go outside. I don't care. She forced us to go to SeaWorld. We didn't talk about that. Oh yeah. That that particular (laughs) trip. She like came in the house and she was like, and our other cousin came and like to visit and she was like, we're going to SeaWorld. <laughs> like, y'all are going to get yeah. out of this house. Like, that was the whole yep. reason we went. And, like, um, that was my entire childhood growing up. And, like, my brother would be, like, out with friends. And then, like, even when it came to, like, getting a car and, like, being in Southern California, like, you have to have a car. And I was like, no, thank you. And they're like, you go get a car. And I was like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, you can pick me up and you can drop me off. And she's like, I'm not going to be picking you up from parties. I'm not going to be dropping you off every time you want to go out. And I was like, who are you talking about? Like, <laughs> I, you will pick me up from, who goes to like, parties? <laughs> you pick me up from basketball practice. We go, to, you go to all my games anyway. So you will drop me off and you will leave me alone. Like, I don't need a car. Right. And yeah, I mean, it's just like, it, and it's also, it's hard to like, not for parents to not compare to the kids yeah. they had before, right? Because it's like, that's their, that, not even their standard. Like, you know, older siblings are, we're the experiment and we're like the, the like litmus test, you know what I mean? For the rest of the kids. So regardless of like where the older sibling ends up in their life, like that's the standard that all the other kids are like, measured yeah. by. Whether they, yeah, whether they do better or worse or the same or whatever. And really it's just different. Um, but that's always yeah. what happens. And, I, and, and it's so, really funny too, because I remember my brother, like, he got his car and he was, like, gone. <laughs> like, you know, and, like, he was always, like, he would always take care of me and, like, drop like drop me off. From, I, I would miss the bus so much, guys. Spoiler alert, I'm never on time. Um, <laughs> from day one. So, like, he would, like, come home. Like, I'd call him, he'd leave school to, like, take me to school because I'd miss the bus or something. 
he'd I'd forget my lunch, so he'd bring me lunch because he could like leave school or whatever. He got his car. He already had his friends. He was gone. Like he just like off doing popular kid things, whatever those things were. I was so shocked when I found out like how he would sneak out of the house, how there there were parties at our school with alcohol. Like teenagers were drinking alcohol at school. <gasps> Who would do such a thing? I didn't know anything about that behavior. Um, and so I think like my mom was kind of of that impression, you know, and for us, it was always like, oh, you can't spend the night, but they can spend the night over here because my mom just didn't trust folks' parents like that. And we didn't have like Mm -hmm. a lot of family or anything. Yeah, we couldn't spend the night unless our parents knew each other. It was like very specific people who we knew if we asked, unless we had something to do, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, if we asked, they'd be like, yeah, why are you even asking? Like, of course. Like, you know, like, my bet, like, Coco yeah. or whatever. Like, be like, can I spend the night? And like, sure, whatever. <laughs> but if it was, like, some random, like, new friend Susie from across yeah. the street from <laughs> from from set from school, they'd be like, who the fuck is Susie? And why? No, no we don't know her parents. She can come we over don't here. Know her. <laughs> yeah. Or not even that. Just, like, we have to, we have to know their, we have to, like, yeah. meet them. It was people that I had known oh. forever. Like, the first time I got to spend the night at my yeah, best friend's yeah, house was because we were moving to San Diego. So that summer, I got to kind of do what I wanted and, like, spend the night over there. But, wait, I'm sorry. I'm looking at um, Eliana and Portia are talking about this, too. I guess apparently me and Eliana are the same. Um, people in her neighborhood mm-hmm. didn't even know that her big brother had a sister. Um, and her mom used to kick her sister out of the house on weekends. And kept saying, you have to leave the house. Finally, my sister said one day, I'll leave the house five days a week and I'm gone all day. And then her mom left her alone. That's I should have used that right? on my dad. Like, I go to school. My dad literally, um, and he does it to my sister still. She be texting me every once in a while, just like, oh, he won't, he won't let me sleep. Um, but, like, he, he used to, because I used to just, like, sleep in any time. A Saturday, you would not see me yep. until noon. At least. Oh my God. Um, Can we just talk about for a second? My dad would literally, my dad would literally at like 10, right? I'd be like passed out. My dad would literally come into my room and jump on me, jump on the bed and be like, you're wasting the day away. Wake up, Bayana. What are you doing? And I'm like, fam, it's Saturday morning. What, what, What am I wasting? Like you got me out every, you know, like he, my parents had us all deliberately in like hella sports and like. I'm not totally an athletic person. I've accepted that in my life. It took my dad a while to accept that. I don't know that he's fully accepted that yet. But, like, so I played all these sports, and I, like, was at school all the time, had all these extracurriculars. So Saturday morning, I didn't have to do shit. I was asleep. If I didn't have to be at a game at, like, 9 in the morning, then I was asleep. And he'd be like, no, you have to be up. I'm like, dude. I think that's everyone's life. My, My dad was the same way. Um, even though I used to like always have something to do Saturday morning because we, my, again, my, we were in all of the sports doing all of the things, but just h- hilarious aside, um, Aminata came strolling in the house on Saturday. First off on Friday, she was like, or no, 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 no. Yeah. Saturday she came home and she, I had spent the night on Friday, but she had spent the night at your dad's house. So she came home and she was like, Robin's here. She had wanted to go to my house and your mom was like, oh, she's not home because I was at her house. And Aminata oh, right. came home and she very matter-of-factly said around like four, 
it's dark outside. You can't go home. You can stay here at my house. And it's like, oh, well, thank you. <laughs> but so on Sunday, she wakes up. She comes in the, She comes in like super early, comes in your room where I'm sleeping, hands me a stuffed penguin off the chair. I was like, hello. And she didn't say nothing, just turned around and left. And I was like, all right, then. She's weird. It's it. She's when you're yeah. trying to sleep. Your mom told me later that she kid, got up man. and said, "I'm gonna go check on Robin because I need to check." <laughs> oh, is that that's what, what that was? Because she sometimes she just be doing stuff and you're like, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand what that what was, was that what was happening. Yeah. I don't so know. then she comes in later and she we're chasing ghosts. We're doing all this stuff. The ghosts are coming. We're playing around. Blah blah blah. And I was like, all right, well if I'm up, we're gonna have to chase ghosts after I get a cup of coffee. And she was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go tell Akira that there's ghosts coming. And she ran into Akira's room. And all you hear is, Aminata, I am asleep. Close the door. Get out. And then, <laughs> and those little feet. Do, you know do, what's do, the do. funniest thing in my life? Like, we're on a full-on tangent. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, my, that, it's the funniest. My sister tweeted, like, I guess last week or week before, I was like, my sister just woke me up at, like, three and or you know like six in the morning for something like really small or like there was one time when obasi came what came home for summer vacation and then he was like i miss this baby why she gotta wake me up at 6 a.m and i'm just like in the background cackling because it's payback yep you know how many times they woke me up at six in the morning because they couldn't work the remote i was like y'all better figure out some buttons i know you're three figure it out i'm trying to sleep i like since I was a young child, like six years old, I do not play with my sleep. And they used to always fuck with me. So anytime, anytime Aminata goes on, like, does some stuff like that to them, I'm just like, yeah, this is all payback. This is what you get. Anytime we're at a restaurant and Ami has to go to the bathroom, I'm like, oh, yeah, Icky, Ami has to go to the bathroom. Haha. <laughs> like, it's just petty shit from, like, when we were hella little. I used to hate that I used to have to take her to the bathroom every time. It's, like, super, like, small Dude, stuff. when y'all used to come visit me, it was on me. And your mom was, like, cold with that. Because I guess I was that person to her where it was like, oh, Madeline, Robin needs mm-hmm. changing. If you have to be that person, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, somebody that the person you used to have to do to? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful. You're like, oh... It's called delegation, and it's awesome. You sound just like your mom. All right, let's get back into yeah, Goblet of Fire. There I was a tangent on how we live our lives, and wait, time out, Portia. Hold up, she said, "As older siblings, you reserve the right to hold petty sibling grudges." I, agree. as younger siblings, we also hold our own grudges. Yeah, but you don't have the. You, it's not. Valid, it is valid. Though. They're not valid. Do you know how much stuff we couldn't do because y'all tried to do it? Or y'all did one dumb thing, and I'm like, I didn't do that. You know, all the stuff Akira used to be able to do at, like, eight years old, I didn't get to do at eight. She would get to do shit. I was like, I didn't get to do that at that age. But since I was, what, uh, like, 13, <laughs> whatever, you know what I mean? Y'all got to do more stuff than well we did. You know. It's spoiled. <laughs> um, okay, speaking of, of families and mothers, um, so... <laughs> Um, Mrs. Weasley is still kind of like, she's agitated, putting her wand down and like pulling out more saucepans, cooking, all that kind of stuff. Um, she's, uh, she picks up her wand. It's been the same, no, she says it's been the same for years, one thing after another, and they won't listen to, oh, not again. She picked up her wand from the table and it emitted a loud squeak and turned into a giant rubber mouse. 
one of their fake wands again. How many times have I told them not to leave them lying around? Which is like, it just kind of like adds more fuel to the yeah. fire. Like she's already irritated. But also um, that's brilliant. Like it's, it's upsetting because she is mad. So she is in like this blind, mm-hmm. like her, but like you can see, like they turn Dudley's tongue, like three feet long. And then they have this like fake right. wand, like, Go back to your younger days, Molly. Like, that shit, that's brilliant. That's cool. People, you know, like, kids are going to want to play with that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, so, come on, Ron says. Let's go help Bill and Charlie. Um, so, they go into the yard. They had only gone a few paces when they saw Crookshanks um, pelting out of the garden, uh, chasing what looked like a muddy potato on legs, um, which is a gnome. <laughs> um... And the gnome seems to be having a lot of fun running from Crookshanks. So at least it's not, you know what I mean? At least Crookshanks isn't. Like torturing them. At least it's not fearing for its life. But I think also like it's not a rat bastard. So, (laughs) oh well. Um, It's all right. It's safe. Um, Meanwhile, a very large crashing noise was coming from the other side of the house. The source of the commotion was revealed as they entered the garden and saw that Bill and Charlie both had their wands out. Whoops. And we're making two battered old tables fly high above the lawn, smashing into each other and attempting to knock the others out of the air. Fred and George were cheering. Jenny was laughing and Hermione was hovering um, near the oh, near the hedge, apparently torn between amusement and anxiety. That would be me. Um, Bill. That would be you me. You said what? Like, I know I'm supposed to enjoy this, right. but something bad's going to happen. Something bad's going to happen. It's going to fall <laughs> on me. Uh. Right. That's real. Um... Bill's table caught, Char- caught Charlie's with a huge bang and knocked one of its legs off. There was a clatter overhead and they looked up to see Percy's head poking out of the window. Will you keep it down? He bellowed. Sorry, Pierce, said Bill, grinning. How are the, uh, <laughs> how are the cauldron bottoms coming on? Very badly, said Percy peevishly, and he slammed the window shut. Um, chuckling, Bill and Charlie directed the tables safely onto the grass um, and with a flick of his wand, Bill reattached the table leg and conjured tablecloths from nowhere. I love how Bill and Charlie just, like, interact with Percy, like, just super older yeah. sibling and I love it. They're just like, we know you're a lot, but we don't have time to be irritated by you. Like, they're just, you're just like, amused yeah. by him. Um, and but hilarious. I think, too, because they have that power, like, a younger sibling perspective here, like, when y'all are amused by us, it really drives me crazy. Like, my brother is just like, yeah, look at you being all cute. And I'm like, I am literally dying right now. Or you are annoying the S out of me or something. Like, you know what I mean? But y'all just can, like, laugh at us and act like it's not important or that we're being dramatic. It's mm-hmm. rude. Okay. <laughs> um, he needs okay, quiet. Like, the two tables. He needs what? quiet. He wants quiet. I he know. just wants to be I, able to honestly, write his report. I would have been that in that situation. I would have been yelling down at my siblings to shut up. I've done that plenty yeah. of times. Um, but the other thing is, like, eventually you just gotta learn how to tune that. That's shit true. Out. You got seven brothers and sisters. Eight, seven. Like, right? People like when I when I have to like go to things with work and like I end up having like you know like roommates or whatever for stuff and like people get real you know people you know people are like consider it and they're like oh i don't want to wake you up or whatever and i'm like do whatever you need to do i have trained myself to ignore that shit so i'll either be knocked out or i'm like on my way and it's not bothering me because I another akira aminata aside is that ami will come in and ask a bunch of questions or she'll be watching something or she'll be playing and she'll be like 
Akira, blah, 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 blah. And Akira would be like, uh-huh, yep. <laughs> and I'm like, what'd she say? Akira's like, girl, I don't know. I don't <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> so mean to that baby. She got thoughts. I yeah, can't tune her out yet. But real. I know it's important to be able to. So, yeah, and it's not even like, yeah, it's just sometimes she's not saying, and it's not just her, yeah. it's just people in general. Like, sometimes. They're not saying nothing like, useful. They just. They're not saying nothing. Like. You're just making noise. Like, just, yeah. Wonderful. Great. Awesome. Um, okay. Um, okay, yeah. So, by seven o'clock, the two tables are groaning under dishes and dishes of Mrs. Weasley's excellent cooking, and the nine Weasleys, Harry and Hermione, were setting themselves down to eat beneath the clear, deep blue sky. Um, to someone who had been li- living on meals of increasingly stale cake all summer, this was paradise. And at first, Harry listened rather than talk as he helped himself to chicken and ham pie, boiled potatoes, and salad. Um, this is like real family. I'm glad they acknowledged that it was stale cake. Um, Sorry, what did you? I said I'm glad they acknowledged yeah, that it was stale cake. I am too. But this is like a real family yeah. moment for Harry. And it's it's always mm-hmm. been weird to me that her like not super weird, but weirder that. Like, usually when Harry gets to the borough, Hermione's already there. Um, because, I mean, I know that she's an only child and she's magical and you can't do magic outside your house, but you can probably do it at the borough because there's a thousand, fifty, eleven of them. Mm-hmm. But Harry definitely does not get, like, an enjoyable family dinner. Like, what he gets is a tolerable, at best, family dinner or, you know, he can get ignored. <laughs> like, you know, and right. that's... And that's like best, best case, case scenario. scenario. And here he's like, there's a lot of life and laughter. And like, even though Molly's mad at the twins and there's like some tension there, um, they sit down to dinner and like, they have like family time, you know what I mean? And they're enjoying each mm-hmm. other and they're all talking. And I definitely get that from like my family where, you know, there's four of us, but there's never four of us. There's always four of us plus mm-hmm. Joe, Mary, Curly and them. Because like we said earlier, my entire extended family lives on the same block. So we just (laughs) always have people. And usually I get very annoyed. But around like dinner time or when we're eating, people are like happy, um, a little raucous. My Uncle Kevin's always talking about some conspiracy theory or how he know more than you know. Let me tell you about why Hillary actually lost. And we like, you don't know. You watch too much of this (laughs) NBC. Stop it. But, you know, like, that, like, it, it becomes, yeah. there's something about, like, you know, my mom's a great cook. Like, eating good food and then, like, all of a sudden Uncle Kevin's conspiracy theories are, like, enjoyable and laughable. Cute and not, like, irritating. You know, like, yeah. the tension goes away or you're not as annoyed or whatever. And I think that this, like, little sentence really, like, kind of shows that. Mm-hmm. Like, after all of the chaos and stuff, they sit down and then they have a nice, enjoyable, love loving meal. Mm-hmm. So. Um. At the far end of the table, Percy was telling his father about his report on cauldron bottoms. I've told Mr. Crouch I'll have it in by Tuesday. That's a bit sooner than he expected, but I like to keep on top of things. I think he'll be grateful I've done it in good time. I mean, it's extremely busy in our department just now. What with all the arrangements for the World Cup. We're just not getting the support we need from the Department of Magical Games and Sports. Ludo Bagman. Uh-huh. I like Ludo. Said Right, aha. Uh-huh. Um, also, how... <laughs> It's the World Cup and you're not getting support from the Department of Magical Games and Sports. Like, Ludo, what you doing, fam? He's being a celebrity. He's the Donald Trump of the Department of Magical Games mm. and Sports. He want to be seen. He don't want to do the work. I I see that. Yep. 
That might be Wizard Team headcanon. Yep. Wizard Team Donald Trump is Little Bagman. Um, it's just not as funny. It's just not as funny, but yeah, we're it's gonna, not funny. It's a happy, it's terrifying. It's, yeah, it's it's just but what it is, is. What it is. He gets his comeuppance in this in these yeah. books, so it's bam. Okay, um, I like Ludo said Mister Weasley mildly. He was the one who got us such good tickets for the cup. I did him a bit of a favor. His brother Otto got in a spot of trouble, a lawnmower with unnatural powers. I smoothed the whole thing over. Oh, Bagman's likable enough, of course, said Percy. But how he ever got to be head of department? When I compare him to Mr. Crouch, I can't see Mr. Crouch losing a member of our department and not trying to find out what's happened to them. You realize Bertha Jorkins has been missing for over a month now. Went on holiday to Albania and no one came back. So no one noticed about Albania? And maybe it's not like common knowledge that that's where Voldemort is exiled or like that's where he's hanging out. But seems strange that nobody thought like hey hmm that's probably not a great place for birthday yeah. going um well i mean it's been yes, so long and like people do go to albania i mean it, it's got a bad yeah. connotation but like people have been going to albania since before voldemort they got good chocolate probably. probably i don't know yes i was asking ludo about that so mr weasley he says birth has lost they gotten lost plenty of times before now though i must say if it was someone in my department i'd be worried Oh, Bertha's hopeless, all right, said Percy. I hear she's been shunted from department to department for years. Much more trouble than she's worth, but all the same. Bagman ought to be trying to find her. Mr. Crouch has been taking a personal interest. She worked in our department at one time, you know, and I think Mr. Crouch was quite fond of her. But Bagman just keeps laughing and said she probably misread the map and ended up in Australia instead of Albania. However, they've got quite enough or, sorry however we've got quite enough on our plates in the department of international Mag- magical cooperation without trying to find another member of other departments too as you know we've got another big event to organize right after the world cup um so one thing says mr crouch is taking a personal interest in Bertha's disappearance um and you know why percy of course <laughs> of course attributes that to the fact that they used to like work together but it's really because she knows all his mm-hmm. secrets and he wants to make sure that the like that the memory charm didn't break, which it did. But you know, um, that's probably why he's so invested in it. Um, so he says, "You." So then Percy says, "You know the one I'm talking about, Father, the top secret one." So he like, we know it's actually you know the Triwizard yeah. Tournament or whatever. But he's trying really hard to get Ron to ask. Um, so that's what he says. He's been trying hard to get us to ask what the event is ever since he started work. Probably an exhibition of thick bottom cauldrons. Um, <laughs> but it's also like really funny because this is like legit how I am when I buy someone a gift or there's something I'm like not supposed to tell. The only thing I got really good at was my best friend is pregnant and you're not supposed to tell people until a certain amount of time. So I just like didn't say nothing and I don't go on Facebook or anything. So, and I think I actually, what I did was I told my entire office. Yeah, that's what I did. Like she told me and then I ran around and I told everyone in my office, but they don't know her. You said who did? Wait, say it, start over. My best told friend you? told me she was pregnant, but you can't uh, tell anyone uh-huh. for a certain amount of time, right? So what I yeah. did was run around and tell everybody at my office. So I got it out. I was like, yay, but you don't know her. So it doesn't matter. And then I didn't tell anyone. And then people were like, oh my God. Did you, like, are you so excited for Theo? Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, we can tell people now. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Oh, you know? like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get, like, holding it on big secrets. It's hard. But you, what you do is you go tell a muggle, and then you obliviate them, and then you have, like, the release. 
a release. Of being able to tell yep. a secret without telling the secret. <laughs> um, yeah, in the middle of the table, Mrs. Weasley was arguing with Bill about his earring with a great, hor- with a horrible great fang on it. Really, Bill, what do they say at the bank? Mom, no one gives, no one at the bank gives a damn how I dress as long as I bring home plenty and of And can we um, take your- this moment, because it's probably the only moment that we'll have, to remember that Bill is a curse breaker who lives in Egypt mm-hmm. and works for Green Gringotts. Mm-hmm. So his job is to literally mm-hmm. raid the tombs of the dead for profit. White people, man. Yeah, I know. I underlined that and I was just like, hmm. Like he literally appropriates people's Colonialism. Basically. On the, on like a fun, on like a fun tip though, he's wizarding Nicholas Cage. Yay! National treasure. National, yeah. <laughs> if you want to make it Or happy. wizarding Tom Hanks from those other movies. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Portia said white people and goblins yeah. are be problematic. Pretty much. Uh, it's true though, you know. There's, there's like this great Tumblr and I was looking for it before we recorded, um, but I couldn't find it because that's how Tumblr works. Like there's something awesome that you see and then it's lost in the ether. But um, mm-hmm. they were talking about magic in North America and stuff like that and appropriation. And someone like reblogged it and was like, y'all act like Charlie's, or Charlie, not Charlie. Charlie doesn't do that. She, she was like, y'all act like Bill's literal job is not to go around <laughs> Stealing like, other people's wealth. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. mm. that's why it's so funny that like Harry knows. Like at the beginning, um, it's like Harry knew that Bill worked for Gringotts and that Bill had been head boy, so he imagined him to be an older version of Percy. You didn't realize Bill was a curse breaker. He's yeah, not a banker. <laughs> he's, he's not a teller. Like he's yeah, yeah. It's um. And your hair's getting silly, dear, said Mrs. Weasley. I wish you'd let me give it a trim. I like it, said Ginny. You're so old-fashioned, Mom. Anyway, it's nowhere near as long as Professor Dumbledore's. Um, next to Mrs. Weasley, Fred, George, and Charlie were talking about the yeah. world. It's got to be Ireland, said Charlie. They flattened Peru in the semifinals. Bulgaria has got Victor Crumb, though, said Fred. Crumb's one decent player. Ireland has got seven, said Charlie. I wish England had got through. That was embarrassing, that was. What happened, said Harry eagerly. Um, went down to Transylvania, 390 to 10. Shocking performance. And Wales lost to Uganda. And Scotland was slaughtered by Luxembourg. Also, you guys, that um, is actually like serious shade to English soccer, um, international soccer, because that is their MO. They like are terrible. Scotland and Wales sometimes do a little bit better, but they're such small countries. So, but England is like supposed to, you know, that's where... Soccer was invented, and yet, terrible, terrible. So, you know, the wizarding um, world and the Mr. muggle Weasley world, not so different. Up- <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Weasley conjured up um, candles to light the darkening garden before they had homemade strawberry ice cream. Um, by the time they finished, moths were fluttering low over the table, and the warm air was perfumed with lots of smell, or with the smells of grass and honeysuckle. Harry was feeling extremely well-fed and at peace with the world as he watched several gnomes sprinting through the rose bushes, laughing madly and closely pursued by Crookshanks. Um, so Ron asks, um, so you have heard from Sir- have you heard from Sirius lately? Um, yes, said Harry, twice. He sounds okay. I wrote to him yesterday. He might write back while I'm here. Um, he suddenly remembered the reason he had written to Sirius and was on the verge of telling Ron and Hermione about his scar hurting and the dream but he really didn't want to 
he really didn't want to worry them just now, not when he himself was feeling so happy and peaceful. Um, so this is like the moment where I totally get why he doesn't mention it in mm-hmm. this particular, you know what I mean? Like it makes sense. Um, like you don't want to kind of burst the bubble where you're just feeling really like happy and warm and loved and like yeah. fed and you know what I mean? Like ruin the you moment. Don't then bring in Voldemort. <laughs> so I get it in this moment. I do wish that he had still spoke with them about it at yeah. some point. Um, Look at the time, Mrs. Weasley said suddenly. You really should be in bed, the whole lot of you. You'll be up at the crack of dawn to get to the cup. Harry, if you leave your school list out, I'll get your things for you tomorrow in the Di- in Diagon Alley. I'm getting everyone else's. There may not be time after the World Cup. The match went on for five days last time. Um, I'm wondering if that's the only reason she's not going or if she just like doesn't really care about I feel like she probably or... doesn't really care. and Maybe she like would have gone if it, they had an extra ticket. Maybe they just didn't have... Yeah. Like, 11 tickets is a lot. Or maybe she just wants the piece. She got a whole, the whole barrel that to, too. Her, to herself. Actually. That's kind of lit. That's why she's not going. Molly's probably living it up. <laughs> she was like, oh, it's going to be quiet? Right. Y'all she's go have like, fun. Cool. I'm going to have my mm-hmm. own fun. It's called luxurious baths and making the food <laughs> I want. Listening to Celestina Warbeck on the couch, mm-hmm. not yelling at nobody, in my face mask, mm-hmm. in bed, just by 10, wake up whenever the fuck I feel like it. Right. Don't even have to make nothing. Whip your wand out. Right. Do a little spell. You got a sandwich made. Y'all go have a she good time. I'm going to be mm-hmm. sitting here in quiet. To be honest, I'm low-key jealous. Like, I was, <laughs> I would low-key, like, stay with Molly. They'd be like, you don't want to go? Nah, it's cool. Your it's mom fine. actually asked me that today, uh, yesterday about Thanksgiving. Because you're, you know, you have Thanksgiving at your dad's. We have to, and she's like, mm-hmm. you're not going home. And I was like, no. And she's like, you want, you don't want to go to Baba's? And I was like, I kind of don't. I kind of just want to be at home. She's like, me too. Me too. <laughs> so, yeah. And I was like, don't tell Baba, though. <laughs> it's a good thing like, he doesn't listen to this podcast. Huh? I said, it's a good thing exactly. he doesn't listen to this podcast, as far as I know. He's going to hit you up like Robin, really? Yeah. You don't love us? I love you, Baba. Um, I love my mommy. I'm <laughs> going to get some of that pound cake for show. Um, we were supposed to finesse some pound cake, and I don't think I'm going to just did. be on my couch. Or, I mean, I might still try to go home. We'll see how it goes. But y'all don't need to know my business. Whatever. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> Hope it does this time, said Harry enthusiastically. Um, or, sorry. He said the match went on for five days last time. Hope it does this time, said Harry. Well, I certainly don't, said Percy. I shudder to think what the state of my entry would be if I were away from work for fi- for five days. Yes, yeah, someone might slip Dragon Dug in it, a purse. That was a sample of fertilizer from Norway, said Percy. It was nothing personal. It was, Fred whispered. I we sent it. Um, um, also, which is shady, entry, but like, like wizards, I understand, but y'all need to get email. Like, right? There's no it's need. like it's it's strangely not like efficient. Not it, green. Definitely not green. Unless they can like auto they have a spell to compost it right away. Or like you know, mm-hmm. reusable paper or something. Um so MVP. I um I said Jenny. And I think this one is kinda difficult because it was kinda like I they don't Nobody, it's it's all happy yeah. and it's all nobody really stands out to me in either one so it's kind of just like whatever Jenny just because um 
she was talking to Harry. She was like, yeah. chill. She's whatever. She doesn't really get anything like ever. So that's pretty much. <laughs> you gave it to Jenny. It was a pity MVP, but it's. I mean, not really pity. It was just like there's there no, was no yeah, one else. No one and, stood like, out to you. There was yeah. someone. There was obviously no. one person. Someone um, stood out to you. Yeah, Charlie obviously. is the MVP mm-hmm. because he's Charlie. So boom. Portia made Mr. Uh, Weasley MVP for scoring Quidditch Cup tickets and Mrs. Weasley MVP for hosting a house full of teenagers. That is the truth. Even though Bill and Charlie are not teenagers, but close enough. Like, house full of um, young people. Okay. No thanks. So, benched? I benched Molly. Um, and that is mostly because of her, like, interactions with Fred and George. Um... I just think that she should needs to like pay more attention to him to them and like what they want and actually think of ways that she can actually like help them and like not try to mold them into who she wants them to be basically. Um, so that's yeah. Why. But she's still the best. I still love her. But she yeah. this time. You know what I mean? Everybody was pretty much chilling in this in this uh, like chapter. The Weezers are the best. Somebody yeah, this is a hard one. The Weasleys are the best. I benched Percy for being pompous and Bill for stealing other people's wealth. Um, oh, let's. Oh, we're gonna go back to this. Jeremy benched Molly for being awesome and Mr. Bagman for holding it down with the tickets. You do have to realize though, like Ludo Bagman straight up gave them basically ten Super Bowl tickets. Like my t- my um, office, we sponsored MLB this year. And someone had, we had like a bunch of tickets for the World Series. And I like took a picture holding up all these tickets. And my brother is like, do you know how much those seats are going for? And I was like, I need to put these down. Because like the temptation, like it was like $3,000 a ticket. And I had like eight in my hand. And I was like, yo, (laughs) why are these just sitting there? But like for real, like the World Cup final, like that's huge. That's a big deal. deal. So, yeah, yeah, so um, Jeremy, MVP was Molly for being awesome, Mr. Bagman. Um, Eliana's was Mr. Weasley. So, benched Portia, benched Crookshanks and Hermione for, Crookshanks for stalking um, garden gnomes. I feel like they were And Hermione for allowing her pet to stalk The gnomes ain't even supposed to be there. They mess up her, they mess up Molly's garden. You remember in Chamber of Secrets when Molly made them go out and get rid of the gnomes? They had to denome the garden. Crookshanks is just helping Molly out, Denome in the garden. Okay, but that's who I Portia like, bitched, and so I just feel like it does. I put it. I wrote it down. <laughs> I recorded it. I'm just you just you're not happy with it. You I don't just agree. Don't agree. But I wrote it down. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy, I'm in, I'm not impartial, but the voting system is. So. <laughs> okay, Jeremy benched Percy because he's Percy and he does the most, which is valid. That's so right. valid. And Eliana benched Molly because um, Game of Fire is low-key when she started to get into neutral on Molly. What? Neutral? All right, listen. <laughs> we gonna have to talk about this offline because we already this is already the podcast <laughs> of super tangents about siblings tangents. and parents yeah. and everything of that nature. Um, but just to recap. Wait, you didn't say who you benched. I thought I did. I benched... Percy mm-hmm. for being pompous and Bill for being a literal stealer of people's stuff. Yep. Stealing. Real. So let's recap it. Let's do it all together. So MVPs for this chapter. Um, Bayana was Ginny. 
Robin with Charlie for being Charlie. Um, Portia wants me to say, Charlie's the MVP of my heart. Oh, um, Portia's MVP was Molly and Arthur. Jeremy's was Molly and Ludo Bagman. And Eliana's was Arthur. Benched, I benched Percy and Bill. Um, I feel like I should just bitch Bill, but I also bitch Percy because he does the most. Um, Bayana, you bench Molly. Portia benched Crookshanks and Hermione. Jeremy benched Percy. And Eliana benched Molly. Um, and Bayana still shaking her head when I say who Portia benched. And so, listen. I got it recorded. Both Wizard Team hosts have opinions. It's true. Um, so, yeah. So, thank you guys so much for listening. Next week we'll be list- we'll be <laughs> what is it? Damn it! <laughs> Not listening. Next week we'll be discussing chapter six. Discussing. We'll be discussing chapter six. The port key. Um, make sure to read and follow along and let us know who you think is the real MVP and who is benched for the chapter. Uh, if you want to join the conversation on Twitter, you can um, add us at We Black and Nerds. Use the hashtag Wizard Team. Um, don't forget to let us know. Again, I said it already, but let us know your MVP and, and benched for these. Um, the chapters um, of Goblet of Fire. Um, it's kind of funny because we actually have still have like four more chapters until we get to Hogwarts. I know, right? But it's cool. We have a lot of stuff that's going to happen though. And like, mm-hmm. again, we talked about like how the first chapter is so different. Um, but this is also really different to go. How many? Dark like- Mark. Chapter like 10, minist- Mayhem 10 at the Ministry. Chapters. Chapter 11 is when we get to the Hogwarts Express. Right. And that's like, you know, that's usually more than, that's halfway through Prisoner of Azkaban and like yeah, most of Chamber of Secrets and Sorcery Stone. Um, so it's like very clear that we're going to be reading this book for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very so clear. Um, we will talk to you guys next week. Get comfortable we're in for the long haul <laughs> basically basically oh um, man remember the oh, you don't remember but you kind of either way like the first time you you picked up goblet of fire and you're like oh mm-hmm. okay yep. <laughs> i was like all right i was i didn't even feel I, I was like i can do this it was this is the this is like at the time that i picked this book up it was the like longest book i had ever i was ever gonna like i'd ever read you know what i mean mm-hmm. um but I was like, I'm confident in myself. I got this. Okay, y'all um, in the y'all need to calm down in this, <laughs> this okay, chat room about Molly. Let's have y'all. You can continue that conversation <laughs> off the podcast. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>